What's going on, everybody? Brendan Schaefer back here with you for another episode of Be Shafe Daily. I know it's been a minute since we've last gotten together, but you knew, you just knew that with the St. Louis Cardinals going out and acquiring Nolan Arenado that I wasn't going to leave you hanging for too much longer. Welcome into the show, everybody, and we've got a lot to talk about in the world of Cardinals baseball as reportedly, reportedly, it's not yet finalized as of the recording of this podcast, but hopefully it will have been so by the time you're listening to it. Reportedly, the Cardinals are trading for Nolan Arenado, the all-star third baseman of the Colorado Rockies. Five-time all-star, eight-time Gold Glove Award winner. He is coming to St. Louis to hold down the hot corner opposite Paul Goldschmidt, the two anchors of the St. Louis Cardinals infield for hopefully years to come. And I knew I was going to get back on here and do some podcasts as the baseball season got a little closer, but listen, can you hardly blame me for a few quiet weeks as coming into, I guess it was Thursday of this past week, there was really no reason to believe that the Cardinals were going to do anything, even half as interesting as what they did over the weekend. Total silence from the team for weeks and weeks, dating back to John Moselock telling everybody, January will be the new December this year across Major League Baseball. You've got to be patient. Things will develop as we get a feel for the market, as we get a feel for hopefully what the rules are going to be in 2021 as the team gets a feel for where it's going to be financially, as they come to understand whether or not they'll be able to sell tickets for the season. There was a lot up in the air, and the Cardinals just weren't ready to make any financial commitments going back to November and December. When they did not exercise the option on Colton Wong for 2021, we said, yep, it really looks like they're going to be cutting back, cutting spending, trying to save on the payroll, I wouldn't expect a whole lot this winter. We talked about it in some of those podcasts back a month or so ago. Maybe even a little bit more than that. It just didn't look like it was going to be very exciting. We were going to have to wait and see, even on Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright, because the Cardinals just were not sure financially what they were going to be comfortable doing. That's what we were hearing at that time. That's what the team was saying. That's what the team has said really all the way up until this move came to be. Because when we talked to John Moselock on Friday, that was a press conference over Zoom with regard to Adam Wainwright, the signing of Adam Wainwright back into the starting rotation for the Cardinals. Cardinals do not reveal dollar amounts on those contracts, but reportedly the Adam Wainwright deal worth around $8 million, a chance to earn a little bit more on top of that in incentives for Wayno. But even during that, interview with John Moselock that day on Friday before the Nolan Arenado stuff really started to come into the picture later Friday night when the the first report from Ken Rosenthal dropped that the trade was indeed going to to take place. John Moselock said that late morning, early afternoon, whatever time it was, that still most likely the Cardinals payroll would be lower in 2021 than it was in 2020, or than it was scheduled to be in 2020, because obviously with the prorated pay in 2020, it was a, it was a different story of what they actually had to pay. But the expectation, even to that point, was that payroll would be decreasing. And I don't know that that's going to be the case now. Uh, I don't know the number crunch of it. I know that 
if the if the Rockies are sending this fifty million in cash up front, that's reportedly going to come to St. Louis's way as part of the Arenado trade, then maybe I guess they're going to be okay. That that'll be the in, influx they need. But I can't imagine that the Rockies maybe just have that money sitting on hand. So that's part of why this is taking so long. By the way, there's a lot of difficult elements to this trade that they've got to figure out and parse through the cash, the no trade clause that Arenado will obviously be waiving to come to St. Louis, the opt-out, are they going to add an additional opt-out, a whole lot that they have to work through with Arenado, with the Cardinals, with the Rockies, with the MLB Players Association, and with the league office. So that's the reason it hasn't happened yet. That's the reason we don't have specifics on what the full package is going to be with regard to the players the Cardinals are giving up in order to get Arenado. Ken Rosenthal initially tweeted out a list that was five or so players. Austin Gomber is one that is believed to be in the package. Luke and Baker, John Torres, Jake Woodford, Angel Rondon were five names that were thrown out there by Ken Rosenthal. We're seeing four or five is the expectation that the Cardinals will give up to get Arnato. Could be all five of those guys. Could be maybe only four of the five. There could be some names that weren't initially mentioned that will be Uh, ultimately as part of that package. And we'll be able to go through all of that as time goes on once we get uh, some information on on the trade having been finalized, which recording this late Monday afternoon, early Monday evening, hasn't happened as of yet. Now, Austin Gomber, you know, that'll be a loss for the Cardinals pitching depth. Will they look to go add an additional arm potentially? We're not going to get too much into uh, what the losses look like until we know definitively and then we can kind of branch off from that. Uh, Today we'll talk about the lineup a little bit, what the lineup could look like when you include Arenado within that mixture. Uh, Just kind of reaction to this trade finally actually happening for the Cardinals because it seems like it's been maybe three years at least going back that this was a possibility, that this was something that was being discussed. Why all of a sudden... Are the Cardinals able to get across the finish line, presumably here, with Colorado on this deal for this franchise cornerstone player? I mean, this trade is happening after the Rockies signed a massive extension for Nolan Arenado. You know, that was supposed to be the thing that kind of put the dream to an end and said, okay, if they're locking him up now, it just probably isn't going to happen for the Cardinals. But it didn't take long for that situation to really grow sour between Arenado and the team because the Rockies have just had one misstep after another to where that relationship apparently was untenable and they needed they needed to move on. From the Rockies' perspective, if you've got a disgruntled player, if you've got a player that, even though he's making over $30 million a year, average annual value, potentially has the opportunity to opt out of a contract after 2021 and you know he's not happy, then you've got to take a step back as the Rockies clearly have done and say, well, we could try, you know, we could try to to have him here for this last year with no guarantee that he'll be around beyond that. And we can hope that we're competitive because this is a guy that has said he wants to win, hasn't gotten the chance to win like he'd hoped with the Rockies so far. But the Rockies really just aren't in position, I don't think, right now to make that run and to be as competitive as Arenado probably would prefer. And so even if there's a chance 
You know, he plays 2021 out, doesn't have as good of a season as he has in previous years. So you figure if he hits the open market now, he's not getting the same AAV as as is on his current contract. But it might have been such that Arenado wouldn't have cared. He might have just taken that risk anyway, gone into the free agency pool, opted out of the contract, and and just tried to put himself into a, a, a more stable position, a happier position where he's able to compete for a championship. And the Rockies, knowing that, said, well, we've got to make sure to get something for him. Um, And that's what makes this so tricky, too, because you think about, well, did they want out of the contract or did they want out of the risk that potentially they could lose him for nothing? And I think, I don't know which side weighs more, but it certainly would seem like it's got to be a little bit of both. Far be it for me, of course, to accurately assess what the Colorado Rockies actually want from year to year they've been inconsistent and hasn't been clear and that's why I think it's taken so long for the you know the Cardinals yes they have been in talks for years with the Colorado Rockies according to many reports it's not like oh all the other talks that they had previously were fake and the 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 reports lied and that wasn't taking place no it's been happening it just you haven't been able to get over the hump because the Rockies over time maybe you know weren't willing to give up uh, Arenado in general, or maybe they weren't willing to eat money to get rid of him. Maybe they weren't willing to eat money to get rid of him without getting some serious prospects back in return. Maybe they were asking for guys like Gorman or Dylan Carlson or Matthew Libertor. Like these are the ins and outs of the deals that we may never get the full scope of understanding how those negotiations went down. But clearly, coming into this offseason and as we're sitting here at the end of January, beginning of February, a switch flipped where the Rockies made the decision that, yes, they did need to move on from this contract. They needed to move on from the situation and get what they could. And the Cardinals were there waiting with open arms. You know, despite the fact that they maybe wanted to lower the payroll, as has been addressed throughout this offseason, this was simply an opportunity that if this guy was going to be dealt and you were the St. Louis Cardinals, you could not afford to have him dealt to any other team because essentially it was a salary dump. Given the fact that the Cardinals are going to be taking on, you know, the bulk of the contract, but they're getting so much cash infusion in order to facilitate that, you're basically getting Nolan Arenado for a similar contract to the one that George Springer signed this offseason. George Springer's a really good player. But if you ask me between the two, I'd certainly prefer to have Arenado. At third base, the the defensive pedigree that he brings to that position, it's just going to be ridiculous. To have Arnauto at third, he has never not won the gold glove, by the way. Every single year he's been in the league, he has captured the gold glove at third base in the National League. Nobody else has won one since he got in. Paul DeYoung at shortstop, very fine defender, was a gold glove finalist back in 2019, not in 2020, had a little bit of a difficult year in 2020, uh, offensively and defensively, but still a very solid glove there at shortstop. First base, Paul De- er, Paul Goldschmidt, pardon me, your first baseman, you know if you've watched the Cardinals the last couple of years, you know what Goldie brings from the defensive end of things at first base. The Just the thought of those two connecting for 5-3 putouts is it's an exciting one for Cardinals fans. Of course, Colton Wong is not in the picture, and that does make it a little bit difficult because 
with Colton Wong, if he would have been re-signed by the Cardinals, and that was your defensive infield, assuming they go ahead and bring Yadier Molina back, which is the assumption, that I don't think you could have dreamed up a better defensive infield in baseball, and I'm just going to leave that open-ended. You could say, currently the best defensive infield in baseball, yes, it would be that. The best of the decade, I would say yes. The best of the 21st century, I would probably say yes. You know, I've only been alive so long, so I can't tell you about infields of the early 90s or the 80s or 70s defensively. But just to think about gold glove candidates legitimately at every position across the infield, that's not a knock on Tommy Edmond, but, you know, we've seen what Colt Wong has done, taking home two well-deserved gold gloves in a row in St. Louis at the second base position. So, you know, it, it would have just been really fun. I don't think very many ground balls would have found their way outside of that St. Louis infield. Still going to be the case that it's going to be very, very strong. Uh, but I just don't think that, especially after the Arenado trade, that Colton Wong is probably going to be returning unless the Cardinals find a way to to move a contract somewhere else. Like Matt Carpenter's still here. I expect the designated hitter to be a thing in 2021, even though they haven't been able to agree upon that yet. If you ask me today, I would still say somehow, some way, it's going to come through that the DH will be in play in the National League, and that would mean Matt Carpenter wouldn't have to play the infield defensively. He could just bat. As long as he's hitting, you can put him in in the DH slot, and then you can have Tommy Edmond play second base. I think that's a really fine defensive infield. I think Matt Carpenter could benefit offensively from not necessarily having to be the the guy in this lineup. You know, he, he doesn't have to be the leadoff hitter. You don't have to bat him second or third or fourth or fifth. You could put him at sixth or seventh and him just be able to try to, to regain some of the form that he had a couple of years ago. And if he doesn't, you're in a position where, okay, it's not like you're relying upon him. You've got lots of guys that could potentially be the designated hitter on a, on a given day if you want. And so... I think that's a position where, you know, if it works out for Carpenter, great. Your lineup is even stronger because you've seen what he's been able to do from a batting eye perspective, uh, from a a run producer perspective over previous seasons. And so to be able to drop him down in the order potentially and not have to have as much pressure on his shoulders because he's a guy, Matt Carpenter knows baseball. He knows hitting. And it's been a struggle for him the last two years. There's no question about that. But – uh, you know, if ever there were a scenario where he could try to regain that form, I think this is a perfect fit for him, and we'll see how it how it plays out, especially if the DH is in play. All we'd have to worry about is hitting. Wouldn't have to worry about his fielding quite as much, if at all. You know, I'm sure he would he would see some time in the field, but it wouldn't be anything near uh, what you would probably see Tommy Edmond playing second base. But that's what the addition of Nolan Arenado is going to allow the Cardinals to do. It makes him stronger everywhere else because instead of having a guy like Carpenter who didn't bat above 200 last year, but is still, you know, considered a veteran leader on this team, and so there are expectations attached to that. I think even if fans from the outside have said, "No, I'm not going to be suckered into believing in him again. I'm not. Wor- I, you know, I'm not counting on him for anything." I think internally, in that clubhouse, in that dugout, I think there is an expectation still that Matt Carpenter is going to contribute. And so what you do what you do in adding Arenado is Matt Carpenter, if he gets a chance to contribute, he doesn't have to be your best player. He doesn't have to be one of the, the primary guys carrying this lineup. 
you've now got a new number three or number four hitter, where, you know, whatever you want to do with Arenado, to put right into the middle of things and allow that machine to, to click a lot better than it has been the last couple of years when the Cardinals have been offensively challenged. It's a massive move. We give credit to John Mosellock, give credit to Bill DeWitt Jr. I think both of those statements are fair, that they deserve uh, some praise, some props for getting this done. Um, because, And maybe that was the plan, to really let the uh, expectations sit really low and then swoop in. But look, I think from the Cardinals' perspective, this was just... They, they talked in terms of patience because they weren't sure whether they were going to be able to get this done. It was going to always depend on the willingness of the Rockies to kind of meet them in the middle at a fair ask. And with regard to the you know what they're actually giving up and what they're getting, I, I, I think it's a no-brainer slam dunk that the, even though we don't know the final terminology, the final names associated with this package, none of these names are... You know, Austin Gomber, we mentioned a little bit earlier, could hurt you a little bit, and he could have success. You always like having a lefty arm. But these prospects, some of these guys, they're younger. You know, they're they're a little f- further away than the names that I think Cardinals fans on a regular basis hear about and think about in terms of, oh, no, is that going to be the guy that Team X, Y, or Z asks for in a trade? And is it going to be the next Randy or Rosarena? the next Luke Voigt, where the Cardinals give up somebody that you regret trading away. I mean, sure, you could you could regret giving up some of these guys, but I think in every case there was somebody you'd rather keep. And so, once again, we can get into that a little bit more once we know the, the finality of the package that's going to Colorado. But I think fans should be excited because they, they didn't really have to give up as much as maybe a lot of fans thought they might have to. In which I was thinking all along, people would talk about on Twitter worrying about Nolan Gorman, Carlson could, you know, Libertor be in play. Uh, I, I just I never saw it as a possibility because you got to understand what we've seen across baseball throughout this offseason. Think about the big trades that have gone down. You Darvish was traded by the Cubs in kind of a salary dump, right? People have been ripping the Cubs for that move because they got a bunch of teenagers back that weren't high on the top prospect lists. And the Cubs were a team that won this division last year. You know, they're supposed to be competitive and be able to contend. Instead, they're trading away their ace pitcher so they can save some money. Wasn't a great look for the Cubs. Uh, Look at the Francisco Lindor trade. You knew Lindor was going to be on the move. He's got an expiring contract, but that was another deal that you didn't get a whole lot back if you're the Cleveland Indians. They didn't get any superstar, top you know, prospect kind of names from the Mets in that deal. And so I think we've seen throughout this offseason, right now, the trades that are taking place with these big-name players, they're going away from teams that feel like they've got to save money for whatever reason. And, and fans of those teams, I think, certainly can feel free to criticize the front offices, but in particular the owners of those teams that have made the decision that it's, you know, more important right now to save money than it is to to put the best product on the field that we can. That Lindor trade was going to be the case for the Indians regardless of the COVID pandemic. I don't think the Cubs were necessarily going to be trading Darvish, but I could be wrong about that too because the, the writing has been on the wall in Chicago for a little while now that they they were, you know, 
talking about not having the money that they that they want to have the Ricketts family and try you know it's a, it's a profit driven business for a lot of these owners and so that's I think where a lot of Cardinals fans were expecting the Cardinals to be on the other side of that didn't really have any you know contracts to give away to the Cardinals have some money that's coming off the books after 2021 and so that's why a lot of people thought well this might just be a mediocre season they're going to play with what they have and then when some of this money goes away like Dexter Fowler like Matt Carpenter's 21 million or whatever it is then after that the Cardinals might be able to re-enter the market and make some moves for some guys but when you look at the talent still around the Cardinals right now Paul Goldsmith as an anchor Paul DeYoung is a guy they have who's affordable Harrison Bader I know people criticize his game offensively for the inconsistencies that he has, and that's fair. But he's still a, a young, controllable player with uh, plays really good outfield defense. You've got other outfielders like Dylan Carlson, like potentially Tyler O'Neill, who won a gold glove last season, but has not been able to get on track offensively the way you'd hope. A bullpen that I think could be really, really strong this year for the Cardinals if it can stay healthy. And you've got the pieces in the starting rotation to be able to to get to that point. I think you may still need a little bit of help depending on how many pitchers you trade away. Wouldn't be a surprise to see the Cardinals try to make an addition in that area uh, here before spring training begins. But you've got pieces to be able to contend in a division that is racing toward the bottom until the Cardinals make this move for Arenado because nobody in this division was doing anything the National League Central. And so now the Cardinals can be the one team that really is willing to make a definitive, you know, franchise-changing, off-season-defining move and going out and getting an all-star caliber third baseman. And so you've got an anchor to your lineup. You're doing it in a division that there was clearly nobody emerging ready to, to, to take this thing. And so even though the Cubs are technically the defending champions... I don't know how you can look at the way those two teams now have done their offseason and say that the Cardinals aren't the favorite to overtake the Cubs in the division. I'm not even sure if the Cubs are, at this point, necessarily favored to be second. I know they are trying to add some pieces like Jock Peterson, and I believe they got Trevor Williams as well to try to, to, to put a full roster out there, but I'm not sure the Cubs are are what they were last year. And so the Cardinals took an opportunity in a market that was allowing for these kinds of trades to be made. Are you a team willing to take on finances this season? Okay, you're going to get a star player if you're willing to do that. That's really all it took. And the Cardinals, while they're taking on finances, if Ken Rosenthal's projection of $50 million coming from Colorado to St. Louis is correct, that basically levels the contract out to $25 million per year for Arenado. It's, it's not... It's not nearly as prohibitive as it always felt like it would be. Because when we talked about, well, they gotta they gotta kick in some money. I don't think anybody ever thought fifty million. And again, that fifty million may not be official, but it seems to be uh what's been reported, certainly what Rosenthal is confident in saying, and it's what seems to be the the case as we approach uh the finalization of this trade. So the Cardinals go ahead and make a move in an offseason where this move was available. This this kind of move is not available in every offseason. A lot of times it seems like if you're going to get a player of our caliber, you've got to give something up. 
You've got to you've got to be willing to take on this money, which the Cardinals were, but you've also got to give up at least one of your top prospects, right? And the prospects the Cardinals potentially will be giving up, I don't think any of them are going to be the kind of names that Cardinals fans were worried about, the kind of names that were legitimately going to be able to contribute, you know, this coming season or, or the one after that. So we'll wait and see. We'll give you a full breakdown of what it looks like once it gets to be finalized. But other than Gomber from the names that they mentioned, which is Luke and Baker, who Passan said, Jeff Passan said he was not included. And so Luke and Baker is another power-hitting uh, infield prospect. John Torres, young guy. I don't, I'm not sure if he's even 20 years old yet, but he might be. But outfield prospect. Cardinals liked him, but you could name several other outfielders the Cardinals like ahead of him. And so Jake Woodford potentially going, but if you look down the, the depth of the starting rotation, Woodford was always kind of going to be used as the mop-up guy in long relief. He really wasn't getting the opportunity to start games for the Cardinals even last season much when they clearly needed arms. And then Angel Rondon, another young guy with, you know, potentially triple-digit power, but was he going to be as high on the protected list as guys like Matthew Libertor, like first-round pick Zach Thompson? Probably not. So if those are the names... Cardinals did okay here, and it's not hurting them on the payroll. They're still going to have the the chance to drop a lot of money after this season. I believe Andrew Miller's deal, he's making like $11 million or so. It's up after this season as well. So there's a, a good solid probably $50 million coming off the books. I know you're going to have to pay Jack Flaherty more. I know that you're going to have rising costs as the years go on, but to be able to get Nolan Arenado and not really miss a beat as far as other areas of your payroll and your 2021 roster are concerned, that's a huge boon for the Cardinals, and it's going to make it really exciting to talk about this team as we go forward. I've rambled on. That's kind of my instant reaction. I did wait a couple of days, so it's not instant. I was thinking they would have this finalized by Monday, and then we'd be able to have a little bit more of a definitive podcast today, but I just wanted to get this out here, let you guys know that I would be back Talking Cardinals baseball, hopefully with daily podcasts here moving forward. Um, ideally, they, for my purposes anyway, they don't delay the season as has been uh, potentially discussed. But regardless, this year should be a lot different from last year in that this year we do feel pretty confident that baseball is going to happen, whereas last year it certainly seemed like that was up in the air for a while. But baseball should be happening in 2021. And by all accounts, Cardinals baseball will be happening with Nolan Arenado as a member of the team. So it's going to be fun to talk everything with you guys throughout this season. We'll get back into the the swing of things as we were, uh, you know, talking about dating back to last year, like spring training. We were going every day. I want to get back to that. I really enjoy uh, the conversations. And when you guys send me messages, topics that you like to have me discuss, uh, you know, your commentary on what I had to say. Sometimes we'll agree, sometimes we'll disagree. That's okay. I just am glad to have you all along for the ride. So make sure to subscribe to the B-Shape Daily Podcast channel if you've not done so already. Maybe this is your first time hearing a B-Shape Daily episode uh, because you just wanted to hear what I had to say about Arenado. We're going to have takes and commentary and analysis of this Cardinals team throughout the 2021 season and leading up to it. So make sure to subscribe, whether you listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, 
definitely hit the subscribe button and you can be along for the ride with us throughout the year. But for today's episode, I'm going to wrap things up there. Appreciate you guys for being along with me for this one. And hopefully by the next time we talk tomorrow, we'll be able to break down a little more definitively what the Cardinals roster is going to look like, what the holes will be with regard to the departing players. And we'll keep talking up Nolan Arenado because uh, it's going to be exciting to be able to cover him. And for Cardinals fans, I'm sure excited to be able to watch him. So that's going to do it for this edition of B-Shape Daily. Thanks for joining me, everybody, and we will talk to you again tomorrow.